girl say 37 seconds is too short aaron Rodgers proved that is false what up everybody what up sleeper nation we're back with another week three to four now right man what's the season going it is too fast now i gotta tell everybody to slow down of course i am natter alongside the number one australian analyst sheen how you doing over there i'm good man you're totally right where is the season going i've started looking at my monthly wrap for september i can't believe how quickly it's gone by i also can't believe the week of football we just saw we saw the longest play in NFL history. I know it's a, a tie. We saw the longest field goal in NFL history. We saw the Lions get screwed over again. I'm sure there was... Oh, there was... Uh, Najee Harris saw more targets than any running back has ever had since they started keeping stats. So it was a massive week of football and it just keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this week was fun. There was a lot of interesting stuff especially if you watch red zone you felt like every other moment in red zone was look at this look at this look at that that's crazy never been done before never done this before and it, it, it was pretty wild and especially if you're a justin tucker owner you know i always preach my kickers i always tell people to invest in them and that was one of those times where those dividends paid off yeah i mean we even saw um speaking of red zone the ending to kansas city and the Chargers. that was amazing the Chargers left far too much time on the clock yet they got the stop on Mahomes. i think that's them flexing their muscle that they can match them with them in the AFC West. Then we saw Jacoby Brissett play good football to get the Dolphins back into it from nowhere. And once again, the Raiders somehow hang on to win. And then we also saw Cooper Cup absolutely destroy opposing fantasy owners' dreams. If you you played against Cooper Cup, your dreams are now memes. And uh, just like mine, it's a sad meme. Yeah, well, I suppose if we're talking about sad memes, we at least have to... uh, Pull one out for Christian McCaffrey and all of those McCaffrey owners. Everyone who yeah. had 101. And they're, if they're anything like the people I play with, these people are McCaffrey owners complaining like they're the only person who have ever been struck down by an injury in fantasy football. I had McCaffrey last year. And, you know, you felt like you, you know, you got away with a massive heist. You know, I don't know if you ever watched Money Heist. Uh, I just finished watching it. It was phenomenal, and it just—I I felt like you know the professor mastermind in that one, uh, just uh, just having Christian McCaffrey on my team, and after last year when he got injured for the whole time, it, it felt pretty sad because usually you know you know a couple years ago, a handful of years ago, you were a Lev Bell owner, you felt like let's say you had an unfair advantage. Now it was Christian McCaffrey, and when he's just not there on your team, when it's finally your turn to have him, it really sucks. Yeah, he was the linchpin of my dynasty team that I was hoping would go undefeated this year. I mean, it's set up to be that way. And, you know, now I have to cover for for that loss and I'm disappointed. You know, we, we might still win the whole thing, but invincibility tastes that much sweeter. But this is the reality, the, the NFL, the reality of fantasy football. And worst of all is we're going to have at least a couple of weeks with one of the most exciting players to watch on the sidelines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, a fun little take or not a take a little story is that in one of my dynasty leagues somebody has saquon mccaffrey Devonte adams and deshaun watson ouch that is uh, a- yes yes a couple years ago a lot of people quit the league because they figured there's no point they're not winning the league they're not beating him and now he has right now i think he's zero and three right now that is that is one of the biggest fall from graces from a fantasy dynasty lineup that i've ever seen 
that's hurtful, you know, mm-hmm. and that shows you how, you know, we're not really a dynasty podcast here. We have the fantastic Dynasty Wire, if you are a dynasty fan, with uh, with Iowa and, uh, and Henry. But um, it really goes to show you, I mean, only, what, four or five years ago, David Johnson was the number one asset in dynasty football. And now... Ain't worth a pinch of the brown stuff. I'm just trying to find one of my leagues as we're talking here, where I've got a, a uh, an IR as long as my arm, but uh, I, I can't seem to remember which one. Anyway, I'm not winning that one this year, no doubt. Ouch, that's rough. So, so I, I I don't know if you want to consider that wise words of wisdom. My opening line, I, I, I while I think it is wise words, I don't know if it, it qualifies for that. You think you think you think uh, that's up to the editor right there? Yeah, I think they can be. They're certainly. They were wise words of wisdom, and that's what uh-huh. that segment's about. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You, usually I try to have a little sarcasm in there, but like that one right there, I feel like, nope, mm-hmm, that's stri- strike the head on the pin right there. Yeah, actual wisdom. Actual, actual, actual wisdom. So, of course, I, I mentioned this to you earlier, and I feel like, you know, people that got blown out, people that got close finishes where the cookie didn't crumble their way, I just want them to be able to put it up for perspective that – Yesterday, I had Dak Prescott in a league, and I was up by point one. I was up by point one, and then he got taken out of the game. So I said, "Okay, cool. That's it. It's over. I won. That's it. There's just nothing they could do about it. Game's over." And then they put him back in to take the final knees, and those two final knees minus two yards put me at minus point three underneath the guy i was going against so uh, you know if you think your week was shitty um congratulations i beat you that kills you but i'm sure regular listeners will remember that about two weeks ago you laughed at me and said it was too difficult when i said that i like to put in a rushing attempt buffer in my leagues when i'm setting them up to stop the bullshit loss of yards on kneel downs don't get me started on the concept of kneeling down anyway i think that needs to be abolished in the nfl but you know, my my heart goes out to you. That's such a that's such a tough loss. And the worst part is, is now that you mention it, I think I made fun of you. I uh, I think I said, if you lose to that, you deserve it. Yep, we can go back and listen to the tapes there and see uh-huh. what you did, see what you did say. But no, uh-huh. I'm. I think uh, I did. In in the spirit of ecumenical harmony, I will say I feel very sorry for you. And you know what? And I highly appreciate. It. So of course, on this episode, we're going to be talking about some more justifiable overreactions. I like that one. That's entertaining. And then of course, we're going to be talking about all the underperformers or even the overperformers in fantasy football and what you could do with them. Should you be buying, trading, cutting, cutting loose? or maneuvering all in between and of course wise words of wisdom and then we're going to be talking about a little bit of week four we're not going to dabble too much into week four i feel like that is a overdrawn overdone topic but we're of course going to be talking about some of the more important games but sheen i'll leave the floor to you yeah we'll kick off as always with some justifiable overreactions i'm glad you like this segment i like that it's continuing although a bit of a teaser for next week we'll have a we'll have a new segment to uh to open the show but for now we're still rolling with the justifiable overreaction. So first up, the Steelers are the worst team in the AFC North. So let's see. You have the Bengals, which beat the Steelers. So yes. You have the Ravens. Yes. The Browns. As of right now, most definitely. So yeah, they are the worst team in the AFC North. Oh, 100. I think they're clearly the worst team in the AFC North. But it is worth noting, I think the Ravens are very nearly 0-3. They lost to the Raiders in week one, 
and then they nearly lost to the Chiefs in week two. Or they could have lost to the Chiefs. That probably doesn't give them as much credit as, as they deserve, but they could have lost to the Chiefs in week two. And then they probably should have lost to the Lions in week three. So, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows in, in Baltimore, but you know, we, we had the discussion last week in this segment, is Big Ben washed? And I think he's done nothing except prove that he was even more washed than we might have thought. You know, it's a sad day when you see an elite quarterback kind of just wane at to the end of the, his career. I think we saw a little bit with Peyton Manning where his arm strength just kind of died. I know Drew Brees' arm strength definitely fell off a cliff, but he was still extremely productive to the point where it didn't necessarily matter. Um, I think this is yeah, another one of those Yeah, he was hard to watch days. last year, though, Brees. He, he, was, he was bad last year. And even Philip Rivers... You know, that's what makes, you know, not to turn this into a Tom Brady podcast, that's what makes Brady so amazing is he can still do it at that same level, if not better, uh, as all these guys are falling off around him. And it's um, it's sad to watch for um, for Steelers fans, who I'm sure would prefer a better quarterback out there. Yeah, and also I think Aaron Rodgers, him doing it, I think it's been 18 seasons or 17 seasons that he's been quarterback as well, so... Uh, seeing him kind of maneuver around in the pocket, throw sidearm pass to the sideline right to Devontae Adams, and then uh, that's also impressive on its own. And, uh, you know, if you watch the Niners and the Packers, the Sunday night game, I think a lot of people, I started talking to a couple people, and we all agreed that they call the same plays over and over, like maybe three, four times a game. There, there was a uh, sideline fade that the Packers ran about four times that game where the slot receiver around an outside fade and then the outside receiver ran a four yard hitch route and of course you know that's a cover two beater cover two zone which the Niners ran consistently on that game but uh they, they shared the same playbook and they shared the same play calls over and over that game yeah I think um the Packers prove that you don't necessarily need a lot of variety to be a good football team we saw that last year with them targeting Devontae Adams in the extreme. And they will mm-hmm. dial up the plays. Which is also work, a good idea. And they will continue to dial them up until you can stop them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a bad idea throwing it to Devontae Adams. Not not at all. And especially when he gets uh, absolutely blown up and then comes in the next play and says, I'm built different. You know, you just got to throw it to him a couple times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd hate to to think how bad Rogers would look without him at the moment, throwing a Randall Cobb and uh, an MVS. Remember when we all thought Randall Cobb would be relevant and thought it was a big deal that Randall Cobb was going to the Packers? And I don't even remember him ever catching a pass in the past three weeks. Um, I looked at it today for an article. I can't remember, but he's basically been unremarkable. Um, okay. Although I am mildly interested still in MVS. Uh, not that I have him rostered anywhere. Anyway, before you can rebut that point... Thank you, thank you. Number two, sad bald man Matt Nagy is trying to sabotage Justin Fields so Nagy doesn't look like a goose for backing Andy Dalton. You know, sometimes, you know, know, like when you shoot like a three-pointer and you airball it and then you go, oh, I was trying to do that. Or, you know, for example, not necessarily quite necessarily the basketball example, but, you know, when you mess up something so badly, you're like, I was doing it on purpose. That's exactly what Matt Nagy did is, is he tried but failed so badly that people think that he's joking and messing around or it has some type of underlining message to throw somebody under the bus that's just how bad Matt Nagy is so uh, uh, no I don't think he's trying to undermine Justin Fields to start Andy Dalton I think he was I mean to me this wasn't like watching the room where you're like it's so bad it's good this was 
intentionally bad as far as i'm concerned i think this is mole behavior this is saboteur behavior there's just no excuse for the the game that he called other than the fact sad bald man matt nagy is an idiot the, i don't know what the game plan was they didn't move her and they didn't move fields out of the pocket you already know your offensive line's trash so at least move them out of the pocket they were running the ball semi-decently in the beginning of the game so they couldn't they should have worked on the play action a little bit more try to get him out of the pocket get Allen robinson open get him moving get him some targets and catches and then maybe could have worked off that a little bit more i mean you could have lost with some grace you know, giving Justin Fields and some fans hope for the future. But right now, God, that was such a bad game to watch. Yeah, it was absolutely horrible. I think uh, I saw that the Bears ended up with net passing yards of one. That's pretty good, for the, actually. For the, it, like, it's hard in the modern NFL to get one yard of passing offense. It's hard in the modern NFL to finish a day with 60-odd yards of offense, uh, passing offense. So... Yeah, nice work from sad, bald man, Matt Nagy. So, staying on the Bears, Alan Robinson won't be on the Bears by Thanksgiving. For his sake, I hope not. Where do For you his want to sake, go? The Niners. Yeah, I was going to say, other than San Francisco, Mr. Homer. <laughs> um, the Packers, that'd be a phenomenal spot. Him and Devontae, ooh, that'd be nice and juicy. Okay, uh, to the Raiders. Raiders, definitely. Okay, uh, let's see. I, I, I'm trying to think of a team where it wouldn't ruin fantasy production from other somebody else. It would only enhance it. Maybe the Falcons? Yep, they, he would certainly only enhance the no fantasy value they have there. The Lions? Yep. Oh, well, well, I think ahead. really we can rule out the Lions and the Packers. He's not going to get traded in division, if at all. That's fair. How about the Bills? Oh, they have enough. Come on, what else do they need? Yeah, I suppose, but can you ever uh, really have too much? Isn't Dit right now Diggs and uh, Beasley, Mr. Anti-Vax, aren't they both like in the top 10 of targets? It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, both Diggs and Beasley, aka Dr. Spichemin, have had double-figure targets both in week one and week three. I think it was slightly below in week two. Uh-huh. But certainly they've uh, they've started the season well. So let's see. I don't know. Bills is hard. I don't think they have the draft capital or the uh, the cap capital to handle Allen Robinson because I know he's on a uh, he's on he's what's on that one year tag. called the franchise tag. There you go. He's on the franchise tag, so he's not cheap by any means for a team to take on. So uh, I think the Packers might have the cap space for it. Maybe the Jaguars. Packers are hard up against it, as far as I know. The Jags. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's going back to the Jags. I just can't. <laughs> I, I just can't picture him in a Jaguars uniform. Uh, <laughs> I know it's never been done before. I couldn't imagine it. Uh, let's see. I'm maybe, trying to think. Maybe, maybe the Eagles. Texans. Eagles. Okay, I can Te- see that. Texans can afford him. Uh-huh. I don't Texans, know why they Eagles. would. You know, I, I don't mind the Texans. I don't think they're that bad. That would certainly be revenge for wanting out of Chicago. We'll trade you to Houston. Yeah, yes. And then all of a sudden, Houston has a better quarterback, which uh, might not be far off at this point. No, no, I think you are uh, I think you are right there. So, on to number four now. Despite not adding anything with their legs, both Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins will be QB1s the rest of the season. I can believe Kirk Cousins more than Derek Carr. Derek Carr always has this phenomenal start to the season. People go, oh, where's the respect on Derek Carr's name? Put some respect on it. And then he kind of, he kind of starts to tail off a little bit 
at the end of the season. You know, of course, all it takes is one bad game for a non-mobile quarterback to completely drop in fantasy rankings. Uh, but with Kirk Cousins having two phenomenal wide receivers on the outside, solid running game, his play action just elite at this point. Uh, I, I, Kirk Cousins is a justifiable overreaction. Derek Carr, I still think, is an overreaction. Yeah, I uh, I heard on the aforementioned Dynasty Wire on last week's show they were talking about as well as Derek Carr was playing and the yards he was racking up, he was still only barely a top 10 compared to like Jalen Hurts, who's not playing particularly well but gets so many uh, points with his legs. Obviously, it's slightly different between um, 6.4 point touchdowns, but I agree. I think Kirk Cousins will be. I think Carr will probably finish in that 12 to 18 range, but... You know, I think he'll have the Raiders winning more games than they lose. And he's looked pretty good with that team around him. Right now, um, you know, you look at that division and there's full of phenomenal teams right now. I mean, the Broncos 3-0, and Raiders 3-0, and Chargers 2-1. and And then last in the division, Chiefs at 1-2. and So right now you're looking at four teams with playoff aspirations moving on to the season. We had this chat with Chris Allen uh, last week on the Great Debate. Uh-huh. Uh, about which team is going to come out of the AFC West or which teams are going to come out of the AFC West. I could easily see all four of them making the playoffs. I, I see the Broncos tailing off. I think eventually a little Teddy Two Gloves, he tails off, implodes, something happens, and then they lose the playoffs. The Raiders, I feel like they're playing a lot better on defense. Max Crosby is just being an absolute beast on that defensive line right now. He's being what Joey Bosa, Joe Bosa, Nick Bosa. Right now he's playing like them combined. The Chargers, right now that offense is firing at all cylinders. And then the Chiefs. I mean, there's no way you're ever counting on the Chiefs to to not make the playoffs right now. So right now... The Chiefs are 100% there. Right now I think the NFC West and the AFC West are in the same... uh, Bucket, same example, where there very well be could three teams make the playoffs in that division, mm. in their divisions. I, I sort of agree with you uh, to a degree with the Broncos. It'll be interesting looking ahead to week four to see how they go against the Ravens. As we sort of said earlier in the segment, the Ravens aren't exactly firing on all cylinders. The Broncos are 3-0. and They've had a, the softest of soft schedules. Uh, but I think we will see who the the Broncos really are this week. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders already have a game on the Ravens, so if it ended up becoming a tiebreaker, then the Raiders would come out on top. Yeah. Yeah, well, but put it this way, I can't see anyone from the AFC East making the playoffs uh, other than the Bills. I can't really see anyone from the AFC South making the playoffs other than the Titans, which means basically it's the AFC West uh, fighting it out with the AFC North, and it's sort of five teams for five teams for four spots. Yeah, that yeah that works out. Right so now, the, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. You've got probably the the Ravens, the Chargers, the Chiefs, all probably penciled in, which means you're looking at the Broncos, um, the Broncos, the Raiders, and uh, the Bengals fighting out for that last spot. I don't think right? the Bengals are quite there yet. I think the Raiders would edge them out. Oh, you've got the Browns in there as well, don't you? So- yeah, well, Browns are probably winning the division. And I don't think the Ravens could knock out the Raiders. I think the Raiders actually have a decent chance making the playoffs over the Ravens right now. Of course, it's still early in the season and the Ravens oh, are heavily time. injured. But right now, the Raiders, they're, 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 they're playing some uh, winning football. 
they absolutely are. Meanwhile, uh, Baltimore doing their best to lose. Anyway, before we get bogged down in the weeds of what might happen in three months' time, more than we already are, let's finish up with the AFC North. Jamar Chase will outperform Justin Jefferson's rookie season and will win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ooh, the Offensive Rookie in the Year... He's definitely in the running for it. Like right now, if you think of all the rookies, who else is outperforming him? Asante Samuel Jr. Well, he's also not an offensive player. Exactly. Yeah. That's. Uh, I already just uh, went straight to just rookies. Um, uh, is it Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa? You know, I could linebacker I even for the Browns. He's apparently uh, the highest graded PFF's highest graded linebacker. Uh, I mean, that explains why that defense has all of a sudden turned up a notch. But let's see, offensive side, anybody better than Jamar Chase? I mean, Devontae Smith has been playing good, just not nearly at that level. Trevor Lawrence has not been playing phenomenal. I think you could uh, safely exclude Zach Wilson off of the rookie of the year candidacy. Unfortunately, the Jets, the only thing worse than their wide receiving core is their offensive line. Um... I mean, unless we're talking someone like Penne Sewell. Who yeah, I was thinking that. rocket left tackle, but I mean, that's it's offensive line. Yeah, offensive line he's not getting it. The award, do they? Um, Mac Jones. No. Has, although in saying that, I thought he played better this week in a loss than he did in the win against the Jets. Uh-huh. He, he's not going to set the world on fire enough to win it, I don't think. Neither is Lawrence, neither is Fields, neither is Lance. So. Yes. I think it really does leave Chase. We, you might have Mr. Uh, screen Pass for a safety, Jalen Waddle. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that play. Actually, here's, um, uh, here's a, a bonus justifiable overreaction. Okay. And it's a, a slightly different format. Which was the worst screen pass called this week? Was it that one that went for a safety? Or was it uh, Pittsburgh just giving up and checking down to... Najee Harris, uh, despite the fact the game was beyond them on the last play of the game and running a screen on fourth and 12 or whatever it was that went nowhere. Safety always hurts more. That hurts that, I think feelings. it might have been the first ever completed pass for a safety. No way. I could see it, actually. Like, how do you complete a pass and get a safety? That's impressive. Yeah, while well, you're looking that up, Man, you know, why are you looking that up in a dynasty draft? It, it uh, was. There we go. The first yeah. completed pass for a safety with no penalties or fumbles. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm just watching the replay now. It's not even close. He's like halfway on the ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, in a rookie draft, I took Elijah Moore over Bateman and Jalen Waddle. And some people were questioning me why I would do that. And I said, you know, sometimes you just got to go with the scheme fit and the potential ceiling that a player has. Of course, you know, this is ranting. I saw no ceiling with Jay Waddle. I don't care about how talented you are. There's no ceiling with Tua and that offense. So I took Elijah Moore. Yeah, I mean, I was not as high on Waddle. I don't think he's a good... F- I don't think it's a good fit for his skill set. I, I don't know what that offense is going to be. I think that's almost a... I don't think he's ever going to be so bad that you'd call him a bust, but I don't see him ever being an out, you know, an exceptional player. But to to put the bow on the, I guess, Chase versus Jefferson uh, debate, the the college teammates, Jefferson, of course, last year had uh, 
88 catches, 1,400 yards, and 7 touchdowns through 3 weeks. Chase has 11 catches for 220 yards and 4 touchdowns. Yeah, but it took Justin Jefferson a week or two to actually like a handful of weeks for him to really kick on. And right now, Justin Je- uh, Jamar, Jamar Chase is doing it like right off the gate. So he he has an opportunity to beat Justin Jefferson's stat lines. Yeah, Jefferson's first big game was week three, 175 and one. And then um, a few weeks later, again, 166 and two. But it'll be interesting to see and I'm pleased for Bengals fans that Chase is not what we saw in the preseason yeah not, you can not say that, that I again. thought he would be but I'm glad that he hasn't been there you go alright so let's move on to some little wiser words so this one it might you know it might have to be edited in or edited out fair warning editor but so so this is, this is a good tip this is a life tip for all, all you guys out there who don't know what to say when a girl bamboozles you with something stupid. Um, if a girl ever says like, you, you know, you, you know when a girl says like, I'm ugly. And then, you know, you, you know, she says that for the sole reason of you, you know, trying to like reverse it and compliment her and all that. But you don't really want to give her the, the gratification of the compliment. So what you're supposed to do here is, is say my crush is ugly. And then you say after that, but the G O Y is silent. Ah, I see. That's uh-huh. it's a bit of wordplay. Uh-huh. It's wordplay. Alternate uh-huh. wise words of wisdom. If a girl says, I'm ugly, you can turn around and go, yes, but your eyesight is perfect. That's fair too. That's like, and, but what if it's not? I mean, it, there's two ways to go with that. Uh-huh, see. But yeah, I, I appreciate that's almost like a an old school pickup line. You know, if I mm-hmm. could rearrange the alphabet, I'd put you and I together, something like mm-hmm. that. Something like that. Yeah. But see, that one, that, that one takes a little bit of thought, right? It, 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 what, if she like doesn't understand. you had to think through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. If they can't understand that, uh, then you're just too smart for her and you should, you should just back off. You know, I, I, I enjoy the wordplay. There you go. There you go. You know, you know, it's, I've been hearing this one a lot lately when something bad happens. So people will be like, man, this is Spain, but without the ass. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember uh, I went to school with a kid called Brian Funnicotter. <laughs> that was his name. Uh, and he once told a girl that she was fat and she got really upset and then said no with a PH, which I don't think really went over that well. But um, no, no, old, no. old Brian Funnicotter was, a, was an odd cat at the best of times. Oh, Shout out, Brian, name. if you're listening. <laughs> Brian Funakana. <laughs> Speaking of funny names, remember I always say, you never trust the guy with two first names. That's true. We do say that. Yes. But see, I have this issue from this guy who scored a touchdown over Kyle Pitts this weekend. Four targets, four receptions, 16 yards, and one receiving touchdown on the Falcons. You know Lee what his Smith? name is? Lee Smith. They traded for him in the offseason. He's the best blocking tight end in the league. He was in Buffalo. Uh-huh, yes. And the worst part is, is, you know, we don't trust guys with two first names. What do you do about a guy with two last names? I mean, I have no problem with that. As a guy with two last names, I endorse the two last name brotherhood. Your name is Sheehan. I don't know if that's a last name or not. It's just a name. It absolutely is a last name. Sheehan Solo. Not so I don't much know there, that. but no, that that is 100% a last name. But yeah, Lee... I mean, Lee's... Yeah, Lee, Lee Smith. That's a last name. I mean, he I, seems I, like the sort of guy that would pop up in a Western film. It's like... And starring Lee Smith. He, he, he's like the, the secondary bad guy. 
not not quite the bad guy, but like the secondary to the bad guy, where you think you killed the bad guy, but then all of a sudden the big badder guy comes out. I feel like in this age where, you know, names are so flexible. I mean, we're talking about Andy Dalton. There are people wandering around called Dalton. Dalton Schultz last night. That, okay. I mean, I think if we're talking specifically about people with two names that we don't trust, it's, it's guys like Matt Ryan to segue into the next segment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to um, Lee Smith. Shout out to our Sex in the City watching fans for Smith Jared with use of uh, Smith as a first name there. But um, anyway, that's possibly by the by. I still think that's excellent wise words of wisdom. Don't trust a guy with two first names. I See, really- So Tom Brady. I, I've never, I've never met a guy with two first names and said, I trust him. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. Perhaps as the, the nights get colder and uh, the days get shorter, we can have a mid-season episode of, do you trust this guy with two first names? And we can go through <laughs> all of them in the league. Provided there is another player with that name in the league, we can sort of talk about like a Trevor Lawrence, a a, a Matt Ryan, a uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank, a Josh Allen. Oh yeah, that, that that is two first names right there. You do be right there, and we can <laughs> uh, and we can we can break them down with uh, with some excellent analysis as only we can. But uh, we're not there. talking about that this week. We're talking about keep or kick. So what are we doing here? All right, so I call this segment Keeper Kick. You know, I was thinking Clutcher Kick, but it, it's not quite the clutch moment. That's for like a week 16, week 15, week 17 moments where you really got to clutch it out. So right now we're talk, talking about Keeper Kick, but we're talking about players that you're keeping or you're necessarily kicking, like, and not necessarily in a bad way. Like right now, Cooper Cup, are you keeping or kicking him? As in trading, or, you know, we're talking about Allen Robinson, keeping, kicking. Robbie Anderson, sorry, keeping, kicking, Mike Davis. We'll, we'll go through the list. We'll add names all far in between. And then, uh, and then of course, we're going to discuss what we want to do with them. We want to trade, keep, start, sit, bench, cut, all that good stuff, whatever adjective in between. So let's start it off real fast with Robbie Anderson since we already mentioned his name. Wide receiver 73. Very disappointing stat line. For a person everybody thought was a value pick in redraft leagues. Sheehan, how are you feeling going forward? I'm not quite off the Robbie Anderson bandwagon so far. That said, I don't have him rostered in any leagues, but I could see him being a popular drop this week. And if that's the case, I'd happily scoop him up off waivers. Uh, And I'll tell you for why, because last year with McCaffrey out, Robbie Anderson was essentially their run-through-the-air guy. And yes, they've got Royce Freeman, they've got Chuba Hubbard, who uh, ostensibly as good, if not better, than Mike Davis. I think we're going to see a nice little uptick in Robbie Anderson's production. Um, obviously, his season hasn't gone well. It's His numbers are bolstered by the fact, well, he's had five catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. One of those catches, 57 of those yards, and all of those touchdowns came on the same play in week one. So I don't know if on his way out of the Jets, he took a shit in Sam Darnold's shoes or something like that. But I'm going to wait for his bounce back. I'm going to give him... A week if he gets dropped and, and he's available on waivers. Otherwise, uh, see you later. Yeah, he can go back to sitting on the bench wondering uh, why the Panthers mascot is a bear. What, is it a bear or is it a panther? Or uh, what was the technical term? It's uh, it's Sir Purr is the Sir name. Purr. Sir Purr. Sir Purr. Okay. Sir Purr. Sir Purr. So real fast, 
I decided to go through the trade calculator and the trade market to see what other people are currently trading Robbie Anderson for, whether they're trading him away or receiving him. This is the deal that has gone down. So right now I'm looking at it and I see a Robbie Anderson got traded for Jacoby Myers. Would you do that? Oh, I'd give me Myers all day. You would rather have Myers over Robbie Anderson? I would. Okay, so flashback to the time where Robbie Anderson once got arrested for a speeding ticket and then told the officer as he got arrested that he not only is he going to lay the pipe in his wife, the officer's wife, he's also going to bust in her eye. So for, for, for that moment on, I will always consider Robbie Anderson my favorite player in the NFL, him with Justin Tucker. I think they are two of some of my favorite personalities I have ever met in my life. And I'll add Jalen Ramsey to that list. But speaking of Robbie Anderson, he was traded for... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I very nearly said on his way out of the Jets that he threatened to, uh, I think the the direct quote was, nut in yes. the, the police officer's uh, wife's eye. I was yes. going to say, nut in, in Sam Darnold's um, uh, mono-having girlfriend's eye. Uh, but um, I thought better of it. I thought we're better people than that, Nana, but, no, we're but not, yet, no. here we are. And no. you know what? If we're talking about people with two names, Robbie Anderson. Yes. You know, you can't tell me that Anderson Cooper's not kicking around in the world. So... You know, does that affect your decision on whether you should be trusting him going forward? No, I trust Robbie Anderson. Fair enough. I trust him. I trust him. Now, Robbie Anderson was traded for Peyton Barber. Would you do that? Uh, No, I'd rather Anderson. Yeah. See, see that. I think that's where Robbie's value dropped right now. Say you don't get Chuba Herbert or you know Peyton Barber, something like that, and you really need a running back to start. Robbie Anderson seems like the type of player that you would trade to get yourself a handcuff RB that just happened to be starting that week. I mean, Barber, I think, is the second or third most popular uh, ad on Sleeperwire this week or, or at the moment. So essentially, what you're just doing a, a waiver trade between people there. Yes. So in, I don't theory. mind as a deal, but I would rather Anderson because I don't like Barber's job security. Uh-huh. I mean, once Josh Jacobs comes back, I think the job security is definitely going to be heavily diminished to the point where he's probably not a fantasy starter anymore. He's more of a glorified handcuff. But if you're going to have a handcuff, I feel like you could have a better one than that. So, Josh, uh, speaking of Josh Jacobs, a trade here, Robbie Anderson and Josh Jacobs for Marquise Brown, who Marquise Brown had two big drops, I think, yeah, against three. the Lions game. Three big drops. I saw two big drops that should have been touchdowns and big play touchdowns. Not little, you know, dump off touchdowns, but 40 plus yard touchdowns. Uh, he dropped three touchdowns from what I saw. There was one he dropped in the end zone too that he should yes. have scored on. But he uh-huh. dropped two in he dropped two in the space of three plays. <sighs> Come on, Marquise Brown. You're better than that. So would you do that trade? Uh what is it? Uh mm, Well, I was gonna say in reference to Peyton Barber, is I assume when Jacobs comes back, they're gonna keep Barber in the rotation. They'll have Kenyon Drake. It's gonna be a three way pissing on each other's chips competition of who can ruin each other's value. You know what? Give me Hollywood Brown. Although I still like Josh Jacobs. I don't really like that deal at all. No, that's uh, it's just yucky in general. But I feel like Robbie Anderson's value right now is just a little bit yucky. My personal opinion, he's riding the bench until something happens. I probably wouldn't be able to get anywhere near the type of value I spent in draft capital. I think his, what, his ADP was around the fifth, sixth round? Uh, I think it was slightly later than that. But slightly later? It, it, it might have been eight, nine. Hey, nine. Ooh, I mean, at that point, you were, you think you were coming out with a steal taking Robbie Anderson in the eighth, ninth. So, I mean, I tried getting Robbie Anderson in a lot of leagues, hoping he would drop a little bit more, but that was not the case. So, unfortunately, I do not have Robbie Anderson shares in 
I think a majority, if not all my leagues. So unfortunately, or fortunately in my case, I don't have to deal with this issue. But right now, in my personal opinion, I would keep Ronnie, Robbie Anderson on my roster till he either elevates, has a good game, or you need a bye week spot start. And right now, I think in the waiver wire, there just isn't anybody else better than Robbie Anderson. I'm not dropping him for a flyer. Yes. But I would drop him for Emmanuel Sanders. Someone with a bit of production, even for Hunter Renfro. But I'm not dropping him for like a Tommy Tremble or someone like that who might have some value. You may as well hold on to Anderson at that point. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on there. So let's talk about AJ Brown, who's out with a hamstring injury. I haven't heard how serious it is yet. I haven't heard any news. It's still a little early. I think it's just a standard 21-day hammy, hopefully. Uh, so three weeks he's going to be gone? I don't know when the buy is, but you know, I think I don't know if he's landed on IR, which would put him out at least for three weeks. The problem with hamstrings, the problem with soft tissue injuries in general, is not only do they linger throughout the season, but we inevitably have to hear during next off-season that the injury lingered all season and now they feel better than ever. So I think this is early enough in the season that... AJ Brown is a, a solid buy low candidate because even if he's out for three weeks now, if you can hold him on your bench, then you know he's probably going to be hitting his straps around playoff time. The problem with AJ Brown is you spend heavy capital on him, heavy capital. Oh yeah, and and you know what was he taking in the early third round? Second, third round. Second, third round. So I, he, I don't think you can afford to trade him. And because of that, he I mean, he has been, I don't want to say disappointing, but not necessarily third-round value at this point. He's had touchdowns. He's had receptions. You know, he, he's put up fantasy points, just not what we want in that offense on what that offense could have potentially been. Um, Man, but that's sad. Three weeks out, he's probably not playing this week against the Jets. That was one of those matchups that, you know, everybody was kind of had their mouth watering ready for. Right now, I I do have the trade calculator trade market up, and A.J. Brown and Tyson Williams was traded for Kareem Hunt. Mm, give me A.J. and Tyson. Okay. I, I do not want Tyson. I think Tyson is a trade. I think he's a I think he's a trade candidate as well. I suppose you're selling two for a guy that's... Look, I don't, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind the deal. I would rather be on the Kareem Hunt side. I'd rather... I'd... Re- if, if this trade was given to me and I was getting Kareem Hunt, I'd probably take it. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would too, to be honest. That doesn't make me happy, though. I'd have to be running back needy for me to have to give up A.J. Brown and Tyson Williams for all intents and purposes, a backup running back in Kareem Hunt. And, you know, a wise, a wise man once told me that whenever you do a two-for-one trade, if you're on the ones, uh, if you're on the two side, you lost. My personal opinion, I'm going to agree. I you know whoever said that and told you that must be a really wise man. I've got an AJ Brown trade for you, or in fact, a okay. hypothetical AJ Brown. Okay. Would you trade either Cortland Sutton or Chase Claypool for AJ Brown? Sutton. 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 Nah. You know, I would trade either of them for A.J. Brown, but I would try to get rid of Claypool first, actually, now that I think about it. Let me see. Let me see who's got A.J. Brown in this league, shall we? Unless... Ah, 
Unless Roethlisberger miraculously regains arm strength, I feel like Claypool's value diminishes significantly because there isn't a deep ball for him to go up and grab. His little 6'4 frame to really just kind of back shoulder fade, go out and get it. And because of that, I feel like there's too many underneath guys in Deontay Johnson, who I believe practiced today, and Juju, who of course has been playing. They're, they're kind of the underneath, the intermediate guys. So I feel like Claypool's value has significantly diminished because of the lack of arm strength to utilize his talent. He had nine catches on 15 targets this week. We're talking about Claypool? Yes, but Deontay Johnson practiced. I, th- I believe he practiced today, so he's probably going to take on that role that he once had putting Claypool back onto the outside or kind of diminishing his value once more. I suppose. I'll see if I can get this deal done with Claypool then. Yeah, that's that's where I would go. I mean, I trust... Uh, sorry, the, the the first name eludes me now. Matt that you Canada. mentioned. Oh, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. So yeah, right now I trust Cortland Sutton than Claypool. I feel like there's a little bit less to lose especially the division i'm gonna send this deal now all right all right we'll see how it goes so Actually, while you d- i'm not i'm not gonna do the deal this week oh you're gonna wait I'm playing the guy this week oh next week oh genius because genius. he's he's currently on three sucked in brian and uh i am two and one so i pick up the nice little win here and then we do the trade because I may as well stash AJ Brown on his bench for another week. True, true, true. That's actually a good point. Actually, that's actually a really good point. So, AJ Brown for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, CEH. Yeah, give me CEH. I don't like CEH that much more, but uh, after a solid week, it's a little bit more relaxing to have him. So, AJ Brown for Adam Thielen. Uh, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. I'd much rather have Adam Thielen. AJ Brown for Jalen Rieger. Whoa. Rieger's looked okay, but uh, A.J. Brown. Yeah, I really like Jalen Rieger, and uh, I took him in a lot of dynasty drafts, specifically for the uh, landing spot and the potential he has. While he had a phenomenally disappointing rookie season, I like him a lot. So A.J. Brown and Chris Godwin. Which one? Yeah, Godwin. Godwin, yeah, give me Godwin. Actually, yeah, right now, give me Godwin. Um, A.J. Brown, Tim Patrick, and Trey Sermon. AJ Brown. AJ Brown. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Uh, AJ Brown, Juju Smith Schuster, and Devontae Smith. Hmm. Injured Juju. Shit quarterback. Give me AJ Brown. Yeah. Okay. This one's an interesting one right here. AJ Brown. (laughs) AJ Brown for Jamar Chase and Chuba Herbert. Oh, shit. Uh, No, Chase and Hubbard for me. Yeah, right now Chase is playing better than AJ Brown, and yeah. you well, get it's yourself a starting Chase for Brown, isn't it? And I would rather Chase at this point. Yeah, right now at this point, but you get Chubba Herbert for at least one week, maybe even two, who is potentially RB one value. I guess we'll just have to see. I've been burned too many times by plug and play handcuffs that I don't really believe in them anymore. It's hard. Because it, uh, yes, not Alexander Madison. Can do it. Alexander Madison is a, is an exception. Okay, well, Tony but, Pollard Ale- is an exception. Yeah, Alexander Madison has burned plug and play handcuffs. 
he has burned them in playoffs. I believe not. I don't know if it was last year, but two years ago where there was playoff time, everybody hyped up Alexander Madison. And then he absolutely put up a stinker, which always makes me happy. <laughs> All right. Last one. Last one. AJ Brown, Tyler Lockett for oh, Stefan Diggs. Oh, AJ Brown and Tyler Lockett for Stefan Diggs. Yes. Now Brown, Brown and Lockett. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think you gave up a lot for Tyler. Or I think you give up a lot for Stefan Diggs. I think you gave yeah. up too much. All right. So, I mean, I, I like talking about these high caliber receivers a little bit more than Robbie Anderson because I feel like a lot of people are having this issue. I want to say, and I mean, while Robbie Anderson, you know, he, he is a premier name. A lot of people expected big things out of him. Like you said, his ADP was the eighth, ninth round. So. It, it's not the worst thing in the world Robbie Anderson isn't performing for you but AJ Brown when he's not performing for you it is an issue and I have a lot of AJ Brown shares I think I started him in about four out of my 10 leagues which in my opinion is a lot because whenever I do leagues I kind of try to differentiate my teams a little so I can make sure I have different perspective different you know ideology ideology thinking processes and then you know i could have shares of different players so i can know what people are going through when they're in a specific situation so me having a lot of aj brown shares is definitely frustrating so uh let's move on to matt ryan real fast qb 25 oh just real fast aj brown was wide receiver 70 and robbie anderson's wide receiver 73 so there is not much difference between the two matt ryan qb 25 and there's only 32 quarterbacks by the way so uh, that's pretty bad 70 percent completion percentage which isn't bad that's actually really good 770 yards with the touchdown interception ratio of four to three uh i would be streaming instead of starting matt ryan if he's a if you have him in a super flex league i wouldn't feel comfortable with him as your qb2 i'd rather taylor heineke for argument's sake just because he you know he's going to give you a, a bit of a rushing floor i think he surprised some people with his athleticism this week but i'm all out on matt ryan that offense does not look good at all no not at all i think they are right now the 31st ranked offense according to pro football focus right now matt ryan as a look at his stat line i mean his ceiling as of right now i i'm gonna say it's his ceiling 300 passing yards and two touchdowns i think he is going to finish lower than the qb 25 end of year okay that's fair right now he is rostered in 57 percent of yahoo leagues uh, in all the leagues that I'm currently in on Yahoo, as I just look real fast, he is rostered in only one of them. Right now, he's going to go against Washington, Washington football team. So I'm definitely going to, I am definitely not recommending you start Matt Ryan against them. Uh, after that, they play the Jets, and, you know, depending well, on how that goes. That, what Washington have been terrible. They like have they, not been good. They can't but neither stop have the Falcons. Anything. I nearly put in my. Um, uh, I nearly put in my article this week that uh, Washington, this is the worst defense we've seen since the Capitol riots. Um, but they they can't they can't stop a single thing. I would feel uh, I would feel slightly more comfortable starting Ryan this week against Washington than maybe in some other matchups. But by the same token, that offense just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Right? I think this is a get right game for Washington. I mean, so because Washington was so hyped up going to this week. When I was setting my lineups in a league or two, I, I completely forgot Washington was playing the Bills. I just kind of took it as name value that, okay, I have Washington in my defense. And uh, th that's the issue with having a bunch of leagues is that you make mistakes like that. And then that's what costs you weeks. And, and getting, I think, what, it was, what was it, negative eight points? 
for the Washington Jeez. defense. That that definitely costed me a couple of weeks. So I mean, that, that that's the the double edged sword of having a lot of leagues. You know, you have a lot of fun. You get to talk to a lot of people, meet a lot of people. But it, it definitely is a handful to uh, to to go through it each and every day with, with your starts and sets. I accidentally started Naheem Hines this week. I was very happy about it at the end of the week, but I thought I'd taken him out of my starting lineup. But I'd done that in another league, so I totally agree. You got to be across it, and um, you know, it it does start to make fantasy a bit more of a chore. Uh, and I think I've, I think I've reached saturation point this year. So I know I'm going to be dialing it back this year, next year because we're doing this for fun, and it shouldn't feel like it's homework having to do it. Uh huh. So five leagues is the most. I think that's it. I'm setting five leagues, and even then, is a little bit. So Mike Davis, RB twenty four. He's he. I mean, like that offense has been absolutely terrible. I feel like we should have expected this, but I don't think it should have been this bad. Like Mike Davis, we should have expected touchdowns for Mike Davis. He isn't getting touchdowns. I don't even know if he's gotten a touchdown. No, he doesn't. The appeal of Mike Davis this season was that he was the guy in Atlanta. And with Cordaro Patterson as the RB9, Mike Davis is not the guy. So what you like about Cordaro Patterson, he's producing. They're getting the ball in his hands. He's their check down guy. And Davis has sort of been relegated to early down work in a team that really can't afford to be rushing the ball. Right now, let's see. as look at the game. Exactly. So right now, 15 attempts on the first game for 49 yards, which is pretty bad. But he's gotten some receptions on that to really save his stat line and half point PPR. That was eight and a half. Second one, he had some receiving work against Tampa Bay. That got, I mean, that game got heavily out of the way early. Um, nine and a half also. And then 12 rush attempts, 50 yards. So he's actually getting semi-receiving work to make it so it's not the worst thing in the world. But like you said, Cordell Batterson, he's there for the two-minute drills. He's there when the games are kind of out of the line. And with the Falcons being what they are and how they are right now, we kind of should expect that to happen a little bit more. So Mike Davis, I'm going to put him on the potential trade block and seeing what I could get out of him. And while I look at the trade block, Mike Davis for Kenny Galladay. Um, yeah, that that's give, disappointing. You know what? Give me Golladay. We're going to talk about him in a bit anyway because he's been rubbish. Yeah, but yeah, I will take Mike Davis just because I'd rather have a running back running than back. Kenny Golladay. Uh, Mike Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, another disappointing guy, um, Mike Davis. Uh, I want to mention him after Mike Davis's name. Mike Davis, Robert Woods for Mike Williams. Uh, ooh, Mike Williams. Yeah, right now Mike Davis and Robert Woods, they're both immensely disappointing. We'll talk about Robert Woods in a second. Mike Davis or Devontae Smith? Mike Davis. Mike Davis or Philip Lindsay? Oh, Mike Davis. Comfortably. Yeah, I'd rather have Mike Davis in both of those situations. So, okay, Mike Davis, I think he's... You can you, you can put Mike Davis's name out there and see what you can snag. I would rather have... Mike Davis on my roster just because I know how difficult it is to put plug-and-play running backs in. And Mike Davis is a bi-week plug-and-play running back. You are screwed on the bi-week. You can put Mike Davis in. And you know it's not going to be a total bust. You know, you're not going to blow the doors off. He's not going to have a phenomenal week. But he's going to be enough to get you your projection. And that's sometimes all you kind of really need. So Mike Davis, I don't want to talk about him too much more. I want to talk about Robert Woods a little bit. So Robert Woods, absolutely disappointing. On on an offense, we expected big things from him. Am I correct? 
I think we expect big things from this offense, and because Stafford had supported two wide receivers in the past, we expected him to be able to do it here. What we have seen, I think, is a more run-heavy offense than we might have expected, albeit one that's likely to be less run-heavy with Sony Michelle in the backfield. And we've also seen Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford have this weird bromance going on. And, uh, and Woods is sort of left out in the cold. I have no worries about Robert Woods. If someone's trying to sell him at the moment, I'd happily buy him. Because if something happens to Cooper Cup, then he's he steps into that de facto number one role. And this is still going to be a high-powered offense. And as teams start to clamp down on Cup, then Woods is going to be open more. Now, right now, Robert Woods has a little bit more fantasy points. I think it's three more fantasy points, depending on the format, than Higby. So that's how underutilized Robert Woods is right now. He spends more time blocking than running routes. Unfortunately, he's just a phenomenal run blocker and a pass blocker. Yeah. I mean, he's an excellent all-around footballer. He's a pro. Like in the he's same good. way that Amon, Amon Rasen Brown is a pro, Robert Woods is a pro. And in fact, if we're speaking of guys that Woods only has three more fantasy points, then Deshaun Jackson, he has 25. He got them all, in, uh, got them all this week. So I'm not worried about Woods, but as we were, you know, all off-season, we said, go for the cheaper guy. I hope you didn't listen to us and you went for Cup. They were both at the same ADP. It was kind of like a 1A, 1B. Kind of take, pick your poison, which one you thought would be better. I personally thought it would be Robert Woods because I thought, you know, they're going to be scoring in the red zone a lot. He was tackled on the one-yard line. I think it was seven times last year. And, you know, as long as he gets one of those seven, then he would have had, a, of course, a phenomenal stat line that he already had. But I mean, right now there's a significant difference between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So it definitely feels people feeling a definite type of way right now if you're an owner of Robert Woods, especially if you played Cooper Cup at this point right now. Cooper Cup, he's putting up well, almost 30 points a week right now. That's 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 QB numbers right now. QBs aren't even putting that number up. Jalen Hurts hasn't even put up, I think, anything over the 25 in the past three weeks. And Cooper Cup's outscoring him. Cooper Cup is, uh, I think he's, I think he's like the the overall the third player in the league at the moment. And I do think I think Brady's ahead of him. I think Kyler Murray's ahead of him, and I think that's it. I think we talked about this. I asked you a question. I was okay. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are on the board, and you have a chance to pick one. Which one are you taking? And you told me Cooper Cup. I did. I did. I was a I was a big Cup guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but funnily enough, in two leagues, uh, two redraft leagues. I was tossing up uh, ahead of my pick between Cup and Lockett, and in both of them, I settled for Cooper Cup because Lockett went. So I've never been more happy to have uh, my B option slip to me. Yes, uh, I mean, Cup was my B option, and everybody was on Robert Woods. Everybody was taking Robert Woods. I unhappily took Cooper Cup, yep. and it, it was it has been one of the best decisions that I have been forced to make. So Robert Woods right now, as I look on the trade market, Robert Woods for James Robinson. Robinson. Robinson as well. Robert Woods, Damian Harris. Woods. Oh, you know what? I think I... I want Robert Woods also. There is an interesting stat that Damian Harris wasn't even the most played running back last week. As I look at it right now, Brandon Bolden outsnapped Damian Harris 33 to 22 on Sunday. That's how yep. bad Harris is at pass protection, and I guess that's where Brandon Bolden 
outshined him there. And of course, you know, if you can't pass protect, you're not going on the field. I've said that plenty of times with people like Antonio Gibson and Saquon Barkley. Saquon has actually elevated his pass protection skills. So I'm going to commend him on that one. But somebody like uh, Antonio Gibson, who can't pass protect to save his life, is going to continually lose snaps to J.D. McKissick. And uh, of course, you know, if you don't happen to catch a 75 yard pass for a touchdown, then your stat line is going to be immensely disappointing. So uh, let's move on to Kenny Galladay real fast. I know you want to talk about him. Uh, how are you feeling on him? Uh, I am buying low. I have zero confidence in him, but uh, with injuries to Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, I think you could do worse than buying low on Galladay. We know he's we know he's got the ability. Yeah, we've seen him throw tantrums on the sidelines. Yada yada yada. I think I'm not dropping him. And, you know, we just did the, the Mike Davis for Kenny Golladay uh, hypothetical discussion. I'd, I'd take Golladay. I have, as I say, I've got not, I'm not feeling too hot about him, but the opportunity's there and I'm all about opportunity. The only thing I'm doing with Kenny Galladay is absolutely roasting whoever drafted him. I'm not. I'm not touching with a ten foot pole. Speaking yeah, of people, we were, I'm not uh, touching. Yeah. Uh-huh. We we were in concert with that over the off season as well. Just do, do not draft Kenny Galladay. Speaking of somebody else, I'm not drafting with a ten foot pole. Ronald Jones. Yep. Flush him. Flush him. Uh, he. You know, if you drafted him, he's staying on your bench just because it's difficult to uh, replace a running back. If you can trade him for something, you know, let me while I we look at about, that. Um, weird running back usage this week. Gio Bernard was the most used running back in Tampa Bay and he didn't have a single carry. Ooh. God. Ten targets. Ten targets. I mean I mean we we've said don't take a Tampa Bay running back because they're not gonna get touchdown work because Tom Brady is stat chasing right now and throwing passing touchdowns to save his life. And uh, I feel like uh, I was right. Yep. As I said, if you're going to drop Ronald Jones, stand up, wipe your bum, and flush. There you go. So um, uh, um, I think this is a troll trade as I look at the trade market, but I feel like I want to tell you it. Uh, Ronald Jones for Antonio Gibson. Uh, Yep. That's certainly a deal that's gone down. Yeah, it's Ronald Jones, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I think these guys are trolling right now. Yeah, I don't know who's trading for Ronald Jones. In fact, I dropped him in a redraft league tonight. Yeah, he's almost droppable at this point. Ronald Jones for Latavius Murray. I'd rather have Murray on that one also. Uh, Ronald Jones and Odo Beckham for Daryl Henderson. Uh, No, I want OBJ. Yeah, I'd rather have OBJ. I'd rather have OBJ right now. Ronald Jones and Adam Thielen for Miles Sanders and Elijah Michelle. No, Thielen. Thielen all day. I want Thielen. I want my Thielen. Give me Thielen because I got one. Ronald Jones for Derek Carr. What, one QB? It's, uh, unfortunately, it does not give me the format and the rules. It just gives me the trade that went through. You know what? Yes, I would do that. I think it's a bad deal, but I'd rather Carr than Jones. I'd rather... I'd rather stick a fork in an outlet. Um... <laughs> Give me, give me Ronald Jones. I feel like I could, I could survive with another quarterback before Derek Carr uh, tails off. So, speaking of uh, disappointing running backs, Josh Jacobs, RB fifty two. I mean, he missed the last two weeks. So, I mean, you're you're willing to give Ronald uh, Josh Jacobs a pass, but right now it's become a theme. Uh, as I said, I think it's just going to be a um, a carousel of of 
chip pissing in uh, in Vegas. So if you've got Jacobs, I'm holding him, but I no, do not feel confident with him in my starting lineup. If he plays, um, anyway. I don't think he's a buy low, but he's certainly not a drop. He's a hold. Yeah, he, he's a hold. I mean, I, I, w- I would try nibbling at a Josh Jacobs owner, see if he bites. Because uh, if he's playing, he's going to get red zone work and he's going to get touchdown opportunity. And that's all you could really ask for. So real fast, Josh Jacobs for Daryl Henderson. Uh, Jacobs. Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Jacobs. Yeah, speaking of Kyle Pitts and immense disappointing. Of course, Kyle Pitts right now, the only reason why I haven't mentioned him is because you can't drop him because he's still outperforming most tight ends. But he's definitely disappointing compared to his ADP. And uh, I feel like we've mentioned that over and over and over and over and again during the redraft season and before the season started is expect that to happen with Kyle Pitts. But uh, at this point right now, he's your starting tight end. You're not going to find anything better than him on the waivers. Kyle Pitts currently the tight end 15 with 24 points. Mr. Generational, just uh, two spots behind him at tight end 17. Pat Fryermuth, the other star rookie. So what a what a pick to have made Atlanta. Uh, and you're right. Anyone who drafted Pitts early, like sucked in. It's, it's like drafting uh, Antonio Gibson. Just like drafting CH. Yeah, you know, he might score a touchdown to, to really have a relief his stat line once a week. But uh, for the most part... It, Pretty disappointing. So, uh, right now, I'm going to say Josh Jacobs over Kyle Pitts. Josh Jacobs or Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson, immensely disappointing also the past couple of weeks, who who everybody was licking their chops over this Detroit Lions game, and he did. I mean, it wasn't necessarily his fault, considering his wide receivers, uh, a.k.a. Marquise Brown, couldn't catch to save his life. But, man, I feel like I anticipated a little bit more out of him. I mean, this is going to tie into the Tyson Williams discussion we're about to have, but Jackson is their num- is their leading running back. And give me Lamar Jackson, who is an outstanding running back who also throws touchdowns when his players catch them. Mm-hmm. All right, give me Lamar Jackson as well. All right, so Josh Jacobs, we're holding him. If you can somehow nibble at him, go for it. But uh, you're, you're holding Josh Jacobs. You're dropping Ronald Jones... You're making fun of the Kenny Galladay owner. You're probably keeping Juju. You're keeping Mike Davis. You're dropping Matt Ryan. You're probably keeping AJ Brown, and you could try nibbling at him, and you're probably keeping Robbie Anderson. You're not necessarily trading for Robbie Anderson. He's not worth it. Uh, Miles Sanders, RB31. I'm probably keeping yeah, I would not. I would. I wouldn't buy Miles Sanders. He's not a buy low in my opinion. He's a person you hold and hope the situation gets better over there for the Eagles. Now, there's he's, nothing um, really wrong. There's nothing really wrong. What? There's nothing wrong with Miles Sanders. Yeah, I feel like yeah. right now Kenneth Gainwell is getting a lot of work, which just hampers his fantasy value. I feel like Miles Sanders. He's just not doing anything wrong. He's just not doing anything right. You know. He's doing a lot right. He's averaging five yards a carry, but they're just not giving him the ball. He has 30 rushing attempts in three weeks for 156 yards, uh, and he has less than three targets per week. As you say, that Eagles offense is just not going to be fantasy relevant. It's not going to be conducive for fantasy points. So I don't even think Miles Sanders is a buy low, and I don't think you're going to be able to predict when he goes off. So stay the hell away. Exactly. Uh, Tyson Williams? Yeah, I think I think you're getting out from under him at this point. I'm Lamar Jackson's their lead running back. Latavius Murray's going to vault to the touchdowns. Uh, so if Tyson Williams has a big week, sell, sell, sell. 
Mm-hmm. Now, so one thing about Tyson Williams is there's no draft capital over him. A lot of people drafted before he became the starting running back or potentially starting running back. So he, everybody took him on waivers. So it's not the worst thing in the world to hold on to him. It's not the worst thing in the world to trade for him because he's probably not expensive. It's probably not a bad idea to trade him away because he costed you absolutely nothing. So if you are able to upgrade slightly over it, it's not the worst thing in the world. You could still consider it a come up because the price you paid. I, I like Tyson Williams. I think he's worth keeping because he's still on an elite rush offense. And once they figure something out, once they figure out their offline out, once they get their footing, I feel like he could be a much more productive back. I do want to wary. I had a big debate in during the offseason with, um, man, I can't remember. I know his name is Angelo. I think and he then, just goes with Angelo. Angelo, and then there's another one. I can't remember his name. Oh, it's unfortunate. He was a super cool person. Uh, that was a, a week I wasn't on. But yeah, yes, I it was a week to that episode and, and thinking it was really good. Uh-huh. And Derek Brown. There we go. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Derek Brown. I, uh, I had Angelo and Derek Brown on, and we were talking about the Ravens offense in depth. And I, my argument was that the third year offense for a. What's the coordinator's name? Sorry, now his name is eluding me. Greg Roman, exactly. The third-year offense for Greg Roman has always significantly declined historically when he was on the Niners, the Bills, and now we're turning into the third year for the Ravens. And I don't want to say I'm right because it's only week three. And he had a phenomenal week against the Chiefs. The one I kind of think the Chiefs threw that game and kind of let the Ravens come back into it. But you can't take it away. Win's a win. And how disappointing they were against the Lions. I don't want to say I'm correct and their scheme is getting figured out. But I could expect regression from that team and not be too surprised. All right, so John, we'll pair Jonu Smith and Cole Komet together just for the sake of time. I don't want to run too past everything today. Right now, Jonu Smith, he's tied in 26. Cole Komet, tied in 23. So right now, what are you doing? Uh, I would be dropping them and streaming. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think either of them were ever worth picking up and streaming. I like Cole Komet a lot, but he needs a lot to go his way right now if he wants to become yep. fantasy value. There's still a Jimmy Graham on that offense. There's still a disappointing offensive line on that offense. There's a disappointing quarterback on that offense. There's a disappointing head coach, head coach on that team. There's a, there's a lot that needs to go right now. Cole Komet's name, Cole Komet's way if he wants to become a uh, fantasy relevant tight end. Yes, I agree. And Jonu Smith, the only redeeming feature I can say about Jonu Smith this week was it allowed me in the opportunity report to use the 1990s Australian slang Grogan to describe a massive turd. All righty. So real fast, because we're dropping them, I want to go back and backpedal to Tyson Williams because we did yes. mention trading. And I want to go to the trade market and see what he is going for, what he's going against. And right now I'm seeing Tyson Williams for... Elijah Michelle. Is that uh, Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell, yeah, it is correct. Um, I just like saying his name like that. <laughs> uh, I think I want Tyson Williams there. Tyson Williams. Now, it's not, we not saw that much. I'd rather have Mitchell, and I'll tell you why. And we saw the Niners run offense Sunday night be pretty disappointing. Kyle Huchek was the leading rusher, and he had the most carries, he has the most touches. That's because the Niners like speedsters at the running back position. They like home run hitters. They like, you know, the the Matt Breda. They like the 
what's his name, Mostert, and they don't really have a speedster. And Trey Sermon was disappointing. Like, there's no way around it. He was disappointing, and he doesn't look good. And he was a healthy scratch when all the Niners running backs were healthy for a reason, because right now he doesn't look like a Niners running back in the Niners style they want. So Elijah Mitchell, he looked a lot stronger. He looked a lot better. He was He looked unhealthy which he was, and now if he does become healthy, he's probably going to be the highest chance of succeeding on the Niners' offense. And, of course, you always want a share of the highest uh, succeeding RB on one of the highest succeeding rushing offenses. And right now, Tyson Williams is not doing that. I agree with every single point you've made. I think Mitchell is a much better fit for that offense than Sermon. My concern with Mitchell is that there's a bit of an, a running back lottery, at least in Baltimore. You know that Williams is going to be part of it each week, as disappointing as he is. It might be slightly spurious logic, given we're, we're sort of basically saying the same thing and I'm, I'm hand-waving it for one and not the other. Um, perhaps on reflection, I do want Mitchell. Uh, as yeah. as you say, he's a, he's a better scheme fit. Than, mm-hmm. than Tyson Williams or Kenny Drake? Williams, I'm going to agree there. Tyson Williams, Christian Kirk? Kirk. This was an interesting one. Tyson Williams, Allen Robinson. This is a one for one. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Give me Allen Robinson. He has been also immensely disappointing, but because because of the trade capital or the draft capital and the fact that Allen Robinson has always produced, no matter the quarterback, at least gives me some confidence that you should not be trading him and you should be holding on to him. Maybe not necessarily starting, but he, he... Actually, I should never say that. You should always start Allen Robinson. I, I agree. Uh, yeah. Just as we put a bow on this segment, I suppose, um, oh, there's been so many disappointing wide receivers. And I think that's... If you look at the top 24 at the moment, I'm not going to run through them all, but I, I don't think really anyone was predicting uh, Mike Williams, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, Christian Kirk, um, Hollywood Brown... Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard would all be top 24 receivers and guys like uh, Diggs, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, even Chase Claypool um, wouldn't be, Robert Woods. So it's a bit of, it's been a bit of a topsy-turvy season. I'm sure we'll start to see some of those front runners come back to the pack, maybe some of those bigger names catch up, uh, but it, it could be a bit of a season of changing of the garden before... Uh, since I mentioned Mike Williams, I'm just going to say over the offseason, I did a straight swap. I traded Nikhil Harry for Mike Williams in the Dynasty League, and I could not be happier. Mm-hmm. Now, Tyson Williams, Michael Pittman. Give me Pittman. Give me Pittman. Oh, actually, no. No, because Carson Wentz looks so bad. Williams. I okay. don't like that deal at all. I don't. Hey, 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 say I'm an AJ Brown owner. I would do this trade because I need a wide receiver to start. Yes. In a in a league I I deeply care about, I have Deontay Johnson and AJ Brown in that league. I would and I also own Tyson Williams in that league. If the trade guy sent me that, I'd probably have to accept it because guess what? I need somebody to start this week. Uh, it's either that or Corey Davis. Um, so I, I'd probably have to accept that trade and put Michael Pittman in my wide receiver two to wide receiver three spot in that case and scenario. So Tyson Williams or Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I would go Tyler Boyd also, especially if I was considering myself on that team. If you're an A.J. Brown owner, you should probably be accepting these types of trades. So, same with Cincinnati, T. Higgins. Uh, 
Yeah, T. Higgins. What okay. I think this does demonstrate is our point that you should be selling Tyson Williams. Yes. It's because these are the names you can get back from. You might have picked him up for no uh, draft capital. But it, it, it was either no draft capital. Him yeah, into T. Higgins, who was ostensibly a top 24 receiver during draft season. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- uh, you spent either a 12 or a later round pick on him or you picked him up on waivers. And I would say anything past the 10th round is considered free because yeah. they're, they're just flyers at that point. And, you know, you're just kind of hoping a dart hits. And, I mean, that's what it was at this point. You have Tyson Williams because of a dart hit or you just happen to be there when the news broke and picked them off on waivers all right so that's uh, that's enough of the clutcher kick we're going to be talking a lot about this throughout the year we'll probably talk touch about touch on it a little bit more next week and then of course move on from there because at, at that point right now you should also ask yourself do i want cole Komet? do i want johnny smith or do i want to drop both of them or one of them and pick up a defense that plays against jets in a couple weeks from now and i think that is a serious discussion that people need to start asking themselves yep it's 100% right. Fantasy football is about playing the matchups and, and often they're further weeks in advance. So that's how you get guys like Tyson Williams cheap. Uh-huh, exactly. All right, so real fast, let's hit the two-minute drill and I'm going to lead that off with you, Sheehan. Uh, I was about to uh, to throw to you to kick it off, but I will, Oh, okay. I will... you know, no, I got, I got to let you have the floor. All right, I'll, uh, I'll get us going. Let me just start the clock here. So this week, I am really looking forward to seeing, in the most heartbreaking way, uh, Brady return to New England and likely break Drew Brees' record for most passing yards in NFL history. It's a nice bit of poetry. But I'm also looking forward to uh, Ramondre Stevenson getting back into that Patriots lineup. We are talking earlier about um, Damian Harris not being the best pass blocker. Well, Ramondre Stevenson was the best pass blocking running back in the draft last year. Uh, I know people will be excited for J.J. Taylor. He's a future superstar, yada, yada, yada. Ramondre Stevenson, he might be built like LeGarrette Blunt, but he is a pass-catching back, and I think he has a chance not just to pick up that James White role, uh, but carry that forward throughout the season. So he's a guy you might want to pick up now with, uh, with an eye on the future if you can stash him. Uh, I also want to look ahead to Detroit and Chicago and say I think the Lions win that game. They've been super-duper impressive. And DeAndre Swift, along with Chase Edmonds, are the only two players in the league to have at least 75 yards from scrimmage in every game this year. So I think you can start DeAndre Swift with confidence there. What else have I got for you this week. I think they're, they're really the only things that I'm, I'm looking forward to. I think the Broncos could upset the Ravens. Um, I don't see the Steelers beating the Packers. And I'm really looking forward to Monday Night Football. Although the Mannings won't be on, I'm looking forward to Raiders and Chargers there. Uh, as uh, what should be a perhaps a preview to uh, or a very meaningful game uh, this early in the season. So I will cede the rest of my time. I want to talk about the pretenders and the contenders. Right now, we got the Chargers and the Raiders. Like you mentioned, I want to see how both these teams look, which one looks playoff ready, and which one just happened to fall on the lucky dice during the few games that they've played, especially uh, like you mentioned, the AFC and NFC West. And then you want to continue on with the Baltimore Ravens and the Broncos. Okay, are the Baltimore Ravens looking really bad, or are the Broncos just looking really good and just, you know, been lucky or good and all that 
and vice versa and also keeping on to the nfc west seattle against the niners we're going to see okay which team is looking for real which team is looking non for real and then of course also still in the nfc west you have the battle of two undefeated teams from the cardinals and the rams so obviously one's going to have to come out with an l and that is going to be super entertaining to watch and right now as i look through the other games right now I'm not seeing any must-see games right now. I mean, the Browns versus the Vikings, that'll be entertaining to watch from a fantasy perspective. Panthers and Dallas, also entertaining to watch, considering the Panthers are also 3-0. and Other than that, uh, you get to see a little bit of a toilet bowl with the Browns and Lions, or Bears and Lions, sorry. And you get to see an entertaining matchup between the Bills and Texans. And other than that, there's, you know, they... Right, if it has the AFC or NFC West, it looks like an entertaining game. And if it doesn't, I'm honestly not even that interested. How interested are you? Sorry to jump in on your time, but it felt like you were coming to a, nat- a natural conclusion. Um, yeah. How interested are you in Danny Dimes against the Saints this week? Not that interested. I mean, of course, you know, for a you know fantasy perspective, we're going to be t- keeping an eye on it. When we're watching Red Zone, the game's going to be on it. Oh, I don't mean in terms of actually watching the damn game, but for uh, fantasy football. Yeah, nah, other than Saquon, I really don't care about the the uh, the Giants right now. Yep, I think that's uh, you and the rest of the uh, the footballing world. Well, I think unless you have any other thoughts on um, on week four, we can move on to prognostication. All right, let's hear it. And we are currently zero and seven last Not week. Not bad. Uh, guest Chris said that Fields would be a top 10 quarterback versus the Browns well he was certainly the top 10 quarterbacks that have played against the Browns so far this year uh, but was not on the week Natty you said that both Harris and Nelson Aguilar would have 100 yards and a touchdown neither of them got anywhere near that and I said all rookie starting QBs would win and they all lost so um, yeah 0-7 what do you got for me alright this is I don't even know how it's possible. No, no way it's possibly could happen. But all undefeated teams will not come out with an L. So there's going to be a draw or a yes. tie in in the. Come on, you can do it. Cardinals Rams. Is okay. That the, yes. Is that the only undefeated? Yes, I think so. With all undefeated teams, not matchups, so teams. The Cardinals are going to tie. The Rams yep. are going to tie. Broncos are going to tie. And the Raiders are going to tie. And the Panthers, what are they going to do? They're going to tie. Every undefeated team is going to tie. They're not going to come out with an L. Well, that is a... Uh, so a win also counts? A win or a tie? A win. They're just not yeah, win or tie. All, so what, what, your, what your prognostication is, is all undefeated teams in week three will be undefeated in week four. Yes. None of them will take an L. You know what? That is bold, uh, yeah. but uh-huh. I like it. I oh, like there it. There we go. And I think you're going to like mine okay. as well. Trey Lance leads the 49ers to a comeback win in the <laughs> second half over the Seahawks. Wow. Okay. You know, I'm all right with it. So, so, yeah, so, I thought so, you so, might so, be. 
So since I mean, it's just because the Niners win. How how they win, you know, at that point doesn't matter. We, we could talk a lot about the Niners and pa- Packers game because a lot happened on that one. And you know, everybody knows Jimmy Garoppolo, especially the Niners fan base knows that Jimmy is always down for one boneheaded decision every game, and it was him kind of awkwardly spiking the ball backwards for a fumble that kind of was that boneheaded decision that game his one interception that he threw to George Kittle I don't blame him one bit for that throw George Kittle was open that was the proper read that was just Jair Alexander making a phenomenal play that sometimes a phenomenal player makes um but he put them in a position to win and that's the defense's fault at the end of the day the defense had to come up with a stop or at least slow down Aaron Rodgers to the point where 37 seconds is too lot too long. But now Aaron Rodgers proved once again why he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Remember when Jimmy Garoppolo was banging that porn star? Yeah, he probably still is. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> of course. So, I mean, uh, okay. Is it a hot take to say every rookie quarterback from this draft class is absolutely trash? I was thinking it earlier that this could be like the, um, I can't remember which year's class it was, but where they were all just shit. I mean, it's still early. Of course, it's third week. It's still early. And let's face it, the teams that drafted a quarterback, they're not good. Okay. The Jets, the offensive line, I could block better. Okay. Uh, the Jaguars, I could do better than that. No, I mean, obviously I can't, but you know, for, 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 for argument's sake, it's, they're just not good. The Jets, not good. The Bears, absolutely not good. I think if the Chicago Cubs swapped uniforms, they could do a better job than the Bears. Um, what other rookie quarterbacks playing right now? I mean, the Mac Texans. Jones. Mac Jones, I mean, I think he's still better than Cam Newton. But uh, I haven't watched too much Patriots games to be able to dissect it and how he's doing. I think Mac Jones is probably doing the best. Out of the rookie quarterbacks? Yeah, he is. Um, he looked serviceable in week one. Week two, he got out of there with a good win. Uh, and week three, as I say, I actually thought he played better uh, than he did against the win against the Jets, but he needs to work on his deep ball. He um, he was throwing lame ducks. It was the sort of, to reuse the old joke I make about Drew Locke every time, is they're going to send Mac Jones over to North Korea so he can overthrow the regime there too. Damn, that is a little rough in that phrase in general. Well, good luck to Mac Jones and good luck to uh, Drew Locke because they're definitely going to need it in that case. But all right, we're going to have to wrap up this episode. Of course, I highly encourage everybody to follow the Sleeper Wise show on Twitter to get updated and news when an episode comes out, when a phenomenal article comes out, or when you see my face up in the retweets when our episode goes live. Of course, you could follow me at Top Tier Tactics underscore where you get to see me lurk everybody and give condescending remarks when everybody writes something on twitter or especially a hot take i love those hot takes are fun uh other than that hey sheehan where could everybody find you as always i'm at sheehan solo on um twitter and you can find me there you can find my articles there uh, you can find me on a bunch of other sleepwire podcasts i host the great debate early in the week make sure you tune into all of our shows we have dynasty wire we have devi wire we have the, our live mail uh, our live mail sack episodes on wednesdays and of course sunday afternoons we have the blitz where you can send us your questions we will answer them live on air help you with those last minute starts sits all that jazz so tune in for that and uh and that's it 
Alrighty. So, of course, that's going to wrap up this episode. And if you happen to be sticking around this long, make sure to check out my rankings on the Fantasy Definitely. Pros website, the uh, expert rank, expert rankings. You get to see my rankings on there if you want to have any questions, have any takes, or if you want to see how I'm doing against everybody in the fantasy world. Other than that, hey, everybody, good luck. <laughs>